0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. With that being said, guys, let's get into the scripture text for tonight. And so the scripture, what we're going to be looking at is going to be Acts chapter 28, verse 16, and verse 30 through 31. I'm going to let y'all get there. Acts chapter 28, verse 16, uh, and then verse thirty. Through 31. And so I'm going to give a little context about that scripture because I believe that you can't fully understand the full story until you have the context. And so what we're talking about is the life of Paul right now. We're going to talk about Paul. And so if you don't know the story of Paul, I'll give a quick synopsis. For, for the first 30 years of his life, Paul is persecuting the church. He's, he's imprisoning followers of Jesus to the point where he also has them killed and he watches them be killed and he's just persecuting the believers and the followers of Christ. Then he has a miraculous conversion on the road to Damascus where Jesus takes over his life and it, before you know it, he totally does a 180 and then for the next 30 years of his life, he is serving Jesus and he's encouraging um, the, the apostles and the followers of Christ and he's spreading the word of Jesus Christ. And over those next 30 years he he actually writes 13 books in the New Testament and, and he writes so many doctrines of faith and so many um, ideas that to this day we stand firm to and we hold close to. So Paul is really a trailblazer in our faith. So if you fast forward to 20 years after his conversion you'll find him in Jerusalem. And he's in Jerusalem and he is Worshipping God, and then he then gets attacked by the Pharisees in Jerusalem to the point where he is being surrounded by a crowd, being attacked, and almost nearly being killed. But he is saved by Roman soldiers because Paul himself is a Roman citizen, and so it says in Scripture that the Roman soldiers save him. And when they find out that he is a Roman citizen, they 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 protect him and they take him to be. Uh, to Rome or to Roman council to have his case be heard in front of them. And so the Romans take him at, as, his, as a captive and they bring him to different governors and different uh, different laws and different cases. And he, he hears his case be heard in front of three different governors over the next three years until so eventually they send Paul to Rome to be heard in front of Caesar And so this is where we pick up in the scripture text because all these things are happening and that's the context. And then this is where we pick up in Acts chapter 28 verse 16 is right when Paul is a captive and he's arriving to Rome. And that is where we pick up in Acts 28, 16 and 30 through 31. And we're reading out of the NIV translation. It says this in verse 16, when we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. So for two years, Paul is a captive, but it says he's able to stay in his own home, but he can't leave his house, and he is actually being guarded by a Roman soldier. So technically, Paul is under house arrest right now, and he is under house arrest for two whole years. In verse 31, it says, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The title for tonight, and I want you to put it in the chat. I want you to turn to your brother, your sister, your your father, father, your mother, aunt, your uncle, whoever is with you in the room, even if it's just yourself, tell yourself the title for tonight, Are We There Yet? Are We There Yet? That's the title for tonight. Let's pray, guys. Father, we thank you that you have brought us together, not in person, but in spirit to be encouraged by you, Father, to feel your grace, to feel your love, to feel the power of the Son, God. So we thank you that right now we have soft hearts and open minds, that we are willing uh, to be accepted into your kingdom, to hear the words that you are going to place in our hearts tonight, Father. So Holy Spirit, take over this live stream. Holy Spirit, take over this service so we can touch as many lives as possible, Father. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Even in the midst of this unknown season, God, we still trust you. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That's the title for tonight's message. And I bet you that you have asked yourself that a couple times during this season that we find ourselves in. I don't, we're in an unknown season right now, where we have been totally taken out of our comfort zone, totally been taken out of our routines, totally been taken out of what has been convenient in our lives, and we find ourselves in this uncertain time. And we're asking ourselves, when is this going to end? Are we there yet? There's there's been promises, there's been promises that have been held, there's been dates saying that when we were able to go back to what we call normal, but every time we're asking ourselves, are we there? yet. You see, this pandemic isn't the first trial we've ever been in, and it won't be the last trial we ever go through. But it seems like every time that we go through something tough, or we go through a problem, or we go through perseverance, we ask the same question, when is this going to end? Are we there yet? When are we going to get to the other side of this problem? So we find Paul right now. He, he's, he's in prison. He's under house arrest. He can't leave his house. He can't talk to his friends, and he is stuck at his home. Now, that situation might sound familiar and relatable to a few of us or to most of us tonight. Most of us find ourselves stuck at home. Most of us find ourselves stuck in a place not knowing when things are going to go back to normal, not knowing when this uncertainty is going to end. And we keep on asking ourselves, hey, are we there yet? When is this time going to end? Paul is in the same place that we find ourselves in right now. And actually says that Paul is, the reason why Paul is waiting, because he is waiting to, for his case to be heard by Caesar himself. And so he knows the end is in front of him, but Paul just doesn't know how far away it is, and little does he know that it's going to take almost two years in house arrest before his case is heard before Caesar. And now it would be totally understandable if during those two years, Paul uses that excuse of being in prison to not be productive, right? It would have been totally understandable if for those two years Paul totally fell off the map because he's in prison and he has problems and he is in time of uncomfortability right now. It would be totally understandable because isn't it, wouldn't it be so easy right now for us while we're stuck at the house, while we're not able to do what our normal routines would tell us to do, for us just to waste our time, for us to watch Netflix all day, for us to binge watch Tiger King or to watch the whole series of Office for the fourth time. Like, isn't it so easy for us to have done that? But Paul didn't do that while he was in prison. A Matter of fact, it says that Paul wrote four different letters during that time, four different books in the New Testament. He wrote Philemon, Colossians, Philippians, and Ephesians. And those, those four books later become known as the prison epistles. You see, don't let your waiting season be a wasted season. Paul didn't let this season that you could easily have been ineffective led him to not being, led him to just being comfortable, led him to this not doing anything, led him just being stuck into his shell and saying, hey, I got problems right now, so I need to focus on me and not focus on others. But Paul didn't do that. He was actually productive in his season. Now you can say, Caleb, well, I'll bet you those four letters that he wrote while he was in prison, I bet you those letters were bleak. I bet you those letters uh, had a tone of anger because Paul is, is in prison right now, so I'll bet his letters that he wrote during that time reflect what he was going through. Well, let's take a look at one of the, the letters or, or passage of letters that he wrote. And that is in Philippians chapter 4, f- verse 4 through 7. In the NLT version, that's what we're going to read that out of. And it reads this. This is, this is Paul in prison talking to a church in Philippi. And this is what he says to them while he's in prison. Verse 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. After reading that, Does does Paul know he's he's in prison right now? Because by reading that passage of scripture, I would never guess that Paul is in prison waiting for his trial to be held, telling him whether or not he's going to be executed or not. By reading that passage of scripture, I would have guessed that he was in the middle of trouble. His tone is not dreadful, it's actually joyful. And he's encouraging people. And he's being positive while he finds himself in prison. And that's pretty amazing to me. His, his tone that Paul uses while he's in prison is not one of fear, but it's actually one of faith. Throughout tonight, we're going to ask ourselves three questions. Three questions that I believe that's going to help us get through this season that we find ourselves in. And the first question for tonight is, how's my tone right now? How's my tone? Because if your tone right now is one of fear and not faith, that's going to affect your joy because tone affects your joy, which will affect your mood, which will affect your experience during this season. You see, Paul had every reason to be hateful, to be angry because he's this apostle. He's this man of God. He is somebody people look up to. He is somebody held on a pedestal. He is somebody who has led so many groups of people to the message of Jesus Christ, yet he finds himself in prison on the way to his execution. And so he would have every reason to, to sow fear, to sow bleakness, to sow so much things opposite of what Jesus tells us to do, but instead his tone is joyful. So that's a question we need to ask ourselves How's my tone? Because your tone can determine your joy, your tone can determine your mood. Have you ever tried to go on a trip with somebody? and they have a bad attitude or they have a bad tone, it totally ruins that whole experience. That's the same way we find ourselves right now. How's our tone during this season? Because not only does our tone affect us, but our tone affects others. Because see, our tone is transferable. Our tone is contagious. Just as contagious as the COVID-19 is, I would say that our tone is even more contagious. Because if you talk to somebody and you talk fear and you talk dread, I'm telling you right now, those people are going to feel fear. Those people are going to feel dread. But on the flip side, if you talk to somebody and they feel encouraged and they feel joy, at the same time, that's going to boost their mood. That's going to boost their faithfulness. So how do people feel after they talk to you? How is your tone right now? Is their tone encouraging or discouraging? Is their tone all about fear or is it all about faith? Now, I'm not saying to be naive about the moment we find ourselves in because we find ourselves in a very tough and difficult moment. There's people who have lost loved ones, lost jobs, lost their health. Right now is a very difficult moment. So, I'm not saying being naive. Paul wasn't being naive when he was spreading joy. He wasn't being naive about his situation. Paul totally understood what kind of problem he found himself in. Paul totally understood that he could die at any moment, he could be executed at any moment. He totally understood that. But you see, Paul trusted God's promises more than he trusted his problems. He, he had more faith in God's promises than he did have fear in his problems. And that's the kind of mindset that we need right now. That's the kind of tone we need to carry. We say, yes, things don't look ideal. Yes, things are unknown. But I am sticking to God's promises more than I'm sticking to the world's problems. And that's the tone that Paul had. He wasn't being naive. Paul was being faithful. He wasn't turning his back on things of reality he was actually facing him and say facing in, in spite of his problems he was still going to be faithful and so that's the first first question that we're asking ourselves tonight how is my tone right now am I encouraging people Is my tone right now faith-filled Is my tone right now joyful or or, or is it fearful or or is it always bleak or is it always saying how bad things are we need to check our tone right now as, as the church. We need to check our tone right now as a follower of Christ. Let's move on to another letter that Paul writes while he's in prison and that is the book of Philemon. Now we can't really call Philemon a book because it's so short it's really just a page. I mean it's such a short story but it's a powerful one. See the context of Philemon is that Philemon was a friend of Paul and he was also the master of Onesimus, who was a slave. And so Onesimus runs away from Philemon. And where does he run away to? He runs to Paul, who is in prison. And so Onesimus is, run, is, is a runaway slave. And during those, times of, 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 during those times of scripture, runaway slaves, if they were caught, they were put to death. So Onesimus is on the run for his life. And where does he run to? He runs to Paul, who is in prison at the moment. Now, Paul could have easily said, Onesimus, hey, buddy, I got problems of my own. I got problems I need to solve. You're on your own right now. First, let me take care of me. Then I can take care of you. But that's not what Paul does. And it's so powerful what he asked Philemon on, on the behalf of Onesimus. And this is the scripture we're going to read. Philemon chapter 1, verse 10 through 12. And it reads this. This is Paul talking to Philemon. He says, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been much of a use to you in the past, but now he's very useful to the both of us. I am sending him back to you and with him comes my own heart. See, while Paul is in trouble, he is helping others out of their trouble. And to me, that's powerful because what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And that's question number two we're asking ourselves tonight. It's how's my neighbor? You see, it is so easy when we find ourselves in times of problem. It is actually human nature to when we find ourselves in panic or in a problem to draw a circle around ourselves and take the focus off others and is put it on ourselves because that's human nature. You see, it is human nature for us for when we feel stuck, for us to get selfish. Case in point, when this all first happened, when the, when the pandemic first happened, everybody ran to the grocery stores and took more than what they needed. They, they took way more than what they could hold and they, they took way more than what they actually could use and left nothing for, for others. And they thought about themselves. Because that's human nature, isn't it? It's for us when we feel we're in trouble, when we feel panic, or when we feel like we're in the middle of a problem. It's for us to focus on ourselves and say, hey, every man for himself. I'm looking out for myself right now. But see, that's not what Paul did. He sowed positivity in others. He looked after others. He tried to solve other people's problems while he himself was in prison. And so that's the question we're asking ourselves right now is, How's my neighbor right now? We need to check on our neighbors during this time. We need to check on those around us during this time. Because we find ourselves in in such an unknown and unprecedented season that we can't afford just to look after ourselves, but we need to look after others. You see, if we look back at this season and we can say, that we just didn't focus on our, on our own needs, but we actually looked after others, then we can say we were, we were being what, what Jesus told us to be a follower after Christ. Because it says in, in the book of Matthew that freely we have received, so freely we should give. So if, if God has given us all, if God has given us salvation, if God has given us forgiveness and righteousness, we should sow into others freely as well. We shouldn't hold close to ourselves. We shouldn't just look after ourselves when time of trouble, but no, we should be the church. We should be brothers and sisters in Christ, and we need to look after the people around us. So we need to challenge ourselves right now. Is how's my neighbor? And if that means that we just have an encouraging text or a phone call just to lift their spirits, or if that means sowing resources into other that you have, but they don't, whatever that means, we need to go out and be the church and we need to check on our neighbor because that's what Paul did when he was in the middle of his problem, of his season, of his prison. He just didn't draw a circle around himself and press pause on his relationships, press pause on his generosity or press pause on being kind. No, he, he, he looked after others while he himself was in trouble. He, he tried to lend a helping hand while he himself was in harm's way. That's what I believe the church needs to do in this, during this season is check on our neighbor. So during those four books, during those four letters that Paul wrote while he was in prison, every time he talked about his chains or every time he talked about his prison, not once did he refer those chains as being a prisoner of Rome or being a prisoner of Caesar, but actually every time he referred to himself being in chains, he said, I am a prisoner of Christ. And that had me thinking, how can Paul, who is a prisoner of Rome, refer to himself as a prisoner of Christ? And that leads us to, really our last question is, see, his focus wasn't on his chains, his focus wasn't on his problems, his focus wasn't on the things of uncertainty or the things around him, that wasn't his focus. His focus was always the purpose on the inside of him. And that leads us to, our, to the third question we're asking ourselves tonight is, how's my focus? Because during this time right now, our priorities, our focus has totally changed from what they were two months ago. They have totally reversed. They have totally been flipped upside down. There are so many things that we are worried about now that we took for granted just two months ago. And we need to check on, how's my focus? What am I focusing on? You see, Paul wasn't focusing on his problems. Paul wasn't just focusing on trying to solve the issues that he had. No, he was focused on his purpose. See, Paul wasn't trying to be a problem solver. He was trying to be a purpose follower. What does that mean? During this time, so many people, I myself included, have tried to solve the problems around me. We have tried to find the answers of why this is happening. We have tried to solve all the difficulties around us and is focused on our problems and focused on trying to figure out how to fix them. But see, just because you're solving your problems doesn't mean you'll end up in God's purpose. That doesn't mean one goes into another. Actually, we shouldn't just be focused on solving problems. We need to be focused on this following purpose. And that's what Paul did. He didn't press press pause on what he was doing. He didn't press pause on encouraging the churches he started. He didn't press pause on encouraging people around him because he had problems that he needed to deal with. No, he wasn't focused on those. He was focused on his purpose. So we need to check our focus tonight. What is our priorities tonight? What what are we putting on top of our to-do list? We need to make sure that the top things isn't our problems, but it's our Relationship with God it isn't our problems, but it's looking after our neighbors. It isn't our just looking after ourselves, but it's actually looking around at who we can help. That should be our focus tonight. And as we're, we're closing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna close with this thought. Right? Are we there yet? That's the title of tonight's message. Are we there yet? I want to take back a back look at our opening scripture, Acts 28 verse 16. Uh, verse 30 to 31, and we're going to look at it one more time. Really, we're going to look at the last verse, 31. And it says this, He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. With all boldness and without hindrance. To me, when I read that, it doesn't make sense because how can the message of Jesus Christ go out without hindrance while Paul is in prison, right? I would think that if Paul is in prison, then the the message of Jesus would be constrained, that if Paul had problems, then the message of Jesus would be contained. But no, it's just that while Paul was in prison, the message of Jesus went out without hindrance. What if right now, what if the things that we view as an obstacle, what if the things that we we view as something that was told us back, what if there's something that's going to set us up? But what if the, the, the hindrances, the, the obstacles, what if they're actually an opportunity? What if what was meant to prevent the gospel is actually promoting it right now? You see, right now during this season, the message of Christ has been totally viewed way more than ever in history. Going online reaches millions and millions more than we ever had. But it's weird because right now you would think the message would be prevented, but right now it's actually being promoted more than ever. What if there's some obstacles in our life that are actually opportunities? What if this obstacle, this pandemic, the problems, what if they're an opportunity to grow, the opportunity to see God do more in our lives? What if the obst- obstacle of us being stuck at our house is an opportunity to grow closer to our family? What if the obstacle of us not having, of has, having so much free time on our hands is the opportunity to read our Bible more, to grow closer to Him. What if the obstacle of us being in a tight budget is an opportunity to relook at our finances and create a better budget? What if there's some things that enemy meant to prevent you, but God is gonna use to promote you? You see, are we there yet? I don't know if we're there. I don't think if anybody knows when this pandemic is gonna end. I don't think anybody really knows when but see we might not be there but i can tell you we are here right now and this is the closing thought i want to leave y'all with tonight and it's this it's not about when we are going to get there it's about how and what am i going to do while i'm here and it's not about when are we going to get there it's about what am i going to do while i'm here see paul didn't ask god once are we there yet? When is this trial going to be over? When am I going to be out of house arrest? He wasn't focused on trying to get there. He was just focused on God using him while he's here. And that would be the mindset that we use tonight saying, I might not be there, God, we not might be on the other side of this, we not, might not be in the convenience or the routines that we used to have, but I'm not going to wait until we get there for you to use me, God, use me while I'm here, because I believe that times of pressure and perseverance and, 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 and these times of going through something together of trouble is the greatest opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Because during this time, it's when we can pick up the people who are hurting. During this time, is when we can encourage the people who feel like they have lost it all. During this time is when we can be the church at its most. See, are we there yet? I don't know, church family. I don't know when the end date is. I don't think anybody is there. But we are here. And we need to do the best that we can do with what we have. And we need to make sure that right now, we're doing what Paul did. Not focus on his problems, but focus on the purpose on the inside of him. You see, Paul's prison didn't pause his purpose. This pandemic can't pause your purpose. COVID-19 can't take away the promises. It has no power over that. We need to take on that mindset and say, God, nothing has been taken from me that I can't get back. Nothing has been taken from me that you can't multiply again. Nothing has been taken from me that God can't this a snap of his fingers or in an instant make it all come back again. So I'm not going to lose hope. I'm not going to lose faith. I'm not going to lose hope and faith. Church family, let's pray together tonight. Father, we thank you that you are supplying us strength right now during this season. Father, we thank you that your spirit is comforting us right now during this season, that right now everybody under the sound of my voice, everybody listening online, that they are being encouraged by your spirit, that they are being comforted by you, that right now that people who are hurting are being healed, that right now people who are panicking are feeling peace, God, peace that goes beyond all understanding. That, fall, that we are choosing to make sure that our tone is one of joy and not of fear. That we are choosing to check on our neighbors and not just be focusing on ourselves. That we are choosing, God. That we're not just looking after our problems, but we are checking on the purpose on the inside of us and following after you. Jesus, we give you all the glory and the praise even in the midst of a pandemic. Jesus, we are looking towards you and we are just following after you even in the midst of an unknown season. Father, we give you all the praise, we give you all the glory, and we thank you for all that you're doing on the inside of us. And that even though that this season might be one of uncertainty, might be one that we wouldn't have wanted, but we're not going to waste this season, but God, you're going to use us during this to help people, to encourage people. So we love you, Jesus. You're so good to us. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus, everybody says, Amen. Thank you so much, Riverside Church, for tuning in tonight. I hope this message encouraged you. I hope this message made people feel more strength and more strong in their spirit. So right now, it's not too late. Make sure you share this message with your friends and family because we want to spread this message to as many people as possible. With that being said, we're so glad you joined us, and we can't wait to gather again, and we will see you next time.